This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the number one source for high-quality seeds with a money-back guarantee and lightning-fast shipping. With monthly sales, James Bean's pocket full of freebies, and easy credit card payments, you cannot beat SeedsHereNow.com. To catch the latest drops from your favorite breeders, check out SeedsHereNow.com today. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 725 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of grow questions. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to Jimmy Limmer. I want to send a big thank you. Shout out to Stoner Dave and Sam Heads. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to James Brown and New Old Guy. Let's send a thank you shout out to G7 and Green Country Grower. Let's send a thank you shout out to Magic Mike and Quasi. Let's send a fist bump to Spherical Glassworks and Uncle Adam the Uber Driver. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Kess Burton. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And of course, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the show. Of course, this is the part of the podcast where I invite you to join me for the Groovy Gravy Secret Stash Seed event in Denver, Colorado on March 26th. That's right, in Denver, Colorado on March 26th at an undisclosed location, we are doing a seed event. It will feature food trucks, glass blowing, and seed vendors and seed breeders. I do invite you to join the party. Check out It's Groovy Gravy on Instagram for all of the info. There is a link in their bio. Once again, check out It's Groovy Gravy on Instagram and use coupon code RASTAJEFF when you get your tickets. All right, where do we go from there? Let's talk about this voice. It sounds like I've got a head cold or something, but I do not. I was doing some work and I got a bunch of, just a bunch of junk in my nose, a bunch of dust, a bunch of dirt, been cleaning up some stuff and it made me sound like total shit. If that's coming through on the microphone and your headphones and your uh, equipment, I do apologize. It won't sound like this in the next episode. I've been trying to blow this junk out of my nose, out of my head. I'm just going to sound like shit for a few minutes. That's how life is going to be. We'll accept it. We'll have a great podcast together. Uh, you may not even notice it as much as I do. I didn't notice until I put on these headphones how strong it was, but I do notice there's some crap in the nose from all the dirty work I was doing today. Nobody cares about that. What else did I do today? I went to the weed doctor. That's right. I live here in Southern Colorado. Uh, in Colorado, we do have the, uh, what is it? The right, the privilege of medical cannabis. We are offered medical marijuana here. We do have recreational cannabis here. Uh, so many people may say, why do you have your medical marijuana recommendation, your medical marijuana card from a doctor? That's a really good question. There are a couple of reasons for that. First off is it's another layer of safety. It's just, uh, I do grow, uh, we can grow legally here, but, uh, also having that medical card gives you another layer of protection for growing. Also, it increases your purchasing power at dispensaries. You're limited, uh, certain amounts of milligrams at uh, recreational dispensaries at a, um, a medical cannabis dispensary. 
the edible dosage is much higher that is available. So you can get different products at different places. You can buy more. I can buy more at a medical shop than I can at a rec shop. There are a few advantages of it, advantages to it. Mostly I do it to keep my garden safe. It does allow me. So one of the things I was going to talk about, we are allowed recreational and medical cannabis. We can have six plants here recreationally. You're allowed to grow six cannabis plants in your residence. Uh, if you're an adult and you've, uh, if you want to grow, that's your legal right here. You can have six plants. Uh, plus, if you have your medical marijuana recommendation, you are allowed six more. So I do have the medical marijuana card for these six extra plants. That does help me out. It gives me a total of 12. Uh, not a lot of plants to play with, but twice as many as six. I'm grateful for that. It helps me out, lets me do what I need to do, uh, supply my medicine, my product that I do need. So I did go to the weed doctor today because every year we do have to renew our medical marijuana cards. Here in Colorado, we do have the recreational cannabis. Anybody 21 and up is allowed to have cannabis. They can shop in the store. Uh, if you've got a uh, medical cannabis card, you can be 18. Most of the patients are 21 and up. It does require special paperwork, more doctor visits, extra steps if you're uh, 18. But if you're 21, then you can get that medical cannabis card. Then you can go to the medical dispensaries and you can have the extra plants. Uh, I go get the medical marijuana card once every year. You have to have a qualifying condition. Uh, mine is that I was in a car wreck in 2003. My knees hit the dash. They make a lot of terrible noises. Uh, my shoulder came out of the socket from the seatbelt. You guys don't care about med medical stuff, but that is how, uh, that's my, they call it your claim to fame for your medical marijuana recommendation. So today I had to go to the weed doctor is what I'm getting at. And when I used to go to the weed doctor, you would schedule an appointment. And if you're not watching the video, I did air quotes on the word appointment because uh, back in the day when you would make an appointment to the weed doctor, you'd schedule for, it seemed like everybody scheduled for 10 or 11 a.m., Sometimes you wouldn't get to see that weed doctor until 5, 6, maybe 7 p.m. And you'd have to just hang out all day, wait your turn, wait for your name to be called. People would sneak off and go smoke bowls in the car or sometimes just wherever we could find a spot to go smoke. Uh, but the weed doctors were rare and they would just see a lot of patients in one day. They'd show up. So this is totally illegal now and you'll understand why once I talk about it. The weed doctor used to come to the dispensary and set up shop in the dispensary. So we'd just have the weed doctor all day signing weed cards. He would charge you so much. The dispensary would make a cut off of every card that he sold. So if he sold 250 weed cards today at $100 each is what I think they used to be, we would make 10 bucks. So we'd just make 10 10% uh, of his whole day right there just for letting him be at our dispensary. Then as soon as he signs that paperwork and gives you the stamp from the, uh, what's it called, a notary, now you're allowed to shop at the dispensary. You're already there. Why not? Let's spend some more money at the dispensary. So uh, they quickly, once they made some rules, they quickly banned doctors being on site, being present at the actual dispensary. They had to do it at an offsite location. They couldn't be attached to the store. It was making it a little bit too easy. Um, but you have to go sit there all day. And then you'd have to bring a file of paperwork with you and explain what was wrong and why you thought cannabis would uh, help you out. And back in the day, the list of qualifying conditions was a little bit vague. It is still a little bit vague. I think we kind of, they kind of did that on purpose. Um, I like the fact that chronic pain is on there. How can you prove that I don't hurt? If I say this hurts, can you look at my hand right now and tell me if it does or does not hurt? Look, I'll pull it up to the camera right there. That hurts. Am I full of shit or not? As a doctor, you've got to take my word for it that it hurts. So now you're going to give me my medical cannabis card, right? I'm going to say this hurts all the time. I don't know why it just does. And you're going to say, do you do anything about it? And no, I smoke weed and it feels better. And you'll go, Oh, and the doctor just writes your card. Uh, so that's pretty much how easy it was today. I went in there. I had an appointment, an actual appointment for 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm that guy. I showed up 10 minutes early. I was like, Hey, I'm here for my appointment. They said, Oh, great. We've got your paperwork ready to go. Sign a few things, scribble your name, date some shit. You know, how the doctor goes when you check in, uh, it took me, 
uh, maybe five minutes to fill out some paperwork just because I know all the info. I don't have to go digging through shit. I know my info, my social security number, how old I am. I know all that shit. You got to write that down. Uh, I turned in the paper. They said the doctor will be right with you. The doctor came out with the previous patient and said, have a great day. It was great helping you out. And then she called me back and she said, you look familiar. It seems like I've seen you before. And I said, I've been getting my medical cannabis card from this office since 2008. And she basically said, okay, here you go. And just started writing. She asked me, of course, uh, what hurts? How do you use it? And I said, oh, my knees hurt and my shoulder hurts. And I take a lot of dabs. And she said, uh, the state wants me to type in how much you dab and how you use your product. And I said, I'd probably dab somewhere between, uh, depending on the day, somewhere between one and two grams of concentrates per day. And she said, that's an acceptable answer. I look forward to seeing you next year. My whole appointment probably took me maybe 20, maybe 30 minutes total with like checking out and paying. There is a process where um, once you've seen the doctor, you do have to go on to the Colorado Medical Marijuana. There's a bunch of fucking letters. It's the Department of Public Health and Environment, some random bullshit website where there you have to go there and fill out your recommendation from the doctor and put in some info after the doctor does their part. And once you do that, you're good to go. The whole thing uh, from parking to back in the car, uh, the entire appointment was maybe a 30-minute process today. And it cost me 80 bucks to the doctor and $30 to the state of Colorado, somewhere around that. It was 80 bucks, 85 maybe to the doctor. And I think it was 30 or 32 to the state of Colorado. So we've come a long way. Uh, to register with the state used to be a lot more to see the doctor used to be, uh, depending on where you went, it could be a lot, a lot more. And uh, now it's really, it was quicker. Um, my stuff was ready within an hour. Uh, once I filed that paper with the state of Colorado, I pushed the go button. I got an email an hour later saying you're approved. Here's your new shit. So you used to have to wait in the mail. Uh, that was the hardest part for a while there. They quit allowing us to have temporary cards. So when the doctor would sign your shit, that used to mean you're good to go. Then you have to mail it to the state and wait for your card to come back. At one point, they said the paperwork, the temp paperwork is no good. You have to have the actual card. So people would see the weed doctor and you have to mail your shit to the state and everybody got a weed card at the same time. So nobody was getting their uh, their actual card returned to them for like six or eight weeks. It was supposed to take three weeks. So like it'll be 21 days, but everybody sent in their weed card. It, it felt like everybody saw the weed doctor at one day. They all sent in their paper. It took so long for people to get their cards. So everyone's like, I, I did it. I paid the money. I sent my shit to the state. I want my weed card. It just took them so long to get their shit back. That was frustrating for a little while there. I was amongst that group at one point where I was like, my card should show up any day now. I'd love to go buy some weed. Luckily, luckily, dude, I got the hookups. Anyway, I'm rambling. The weed, the weed card went super well, super easy today. The doctor was really cool. Um, this was every time I feel like the doctors are evolving and it's been two or three, three or four different doctors for most of my medical cannabis run. There was a guy, an old guy, uh, an older doctor, uh, Dr. Reimers. He had a couple of dogs. He was super cool. We developed a great relationship. I saw him probably 10 or 12 years in a row. He passed me off to another doctor who has now passed me off to this other doctor, who I believe I've seen two or three times. The doctors are getting uh, more savvy, more educated, more hip to um, cannabis, to cannabis usage, to cannabis verbiage, terminology, dosage. The doctor I saw today actually knew what she was talking about. She hinted and implied that she smokes medical cannabis as well. Um, so it's kind of nice to see the doctor actually knowing what they're talking about. Now, before I would go and I would actually end up educating the doctor and the people in the room. And this time she was on our level. So that was kind of cool. Uh, the process was much easier is the big note that I've got written down. Um, they do not pay me to say this, you guys. They did not give me, they don't even know I've got a show. They probably don't even, they have no idea who I am. But 
I'm going to give Medical Alternatives a shout out. They're the medical cannabis doctor that I saw in Colorado Springs today. Uh, the process was painless and streamlined. The visit was great. The doctor was great. The parking was easy. The location was cool to get to. So if you've got the opportunity or the need, I would recommend Medical Alternatives in Colorado Springs. Just Google them. It will pop up. Um, it does cost a few bucks. Uh, if you are a new patient, you may need some medical records. You may need to bring some, uh, some proof that you are uh, sick or injured and or have a qualifying condition that will qualify you for medical cannabis. Keep in mind, those rules are quite flexible. Uh, some paperwork will help you out, though. Something else I want to talk about. They do offer what is called an extended plant count. Um, in many counties in Colorado, you are not allowed to even honor the extended plant count if you pay for that. What's an extended plant count? Let me talk about that. Extended plant count, it sounds just like what, what, it, what it is. Uh, earlier, I said I'm allowed to grow six plants for my recreational rights. I can just grow six just because we're in Colorado. I also said I can grow six more because of my medical rights. That gives me six more. My doctor could, if I, of course, pay them more money. That's the whole thing here. If I give the doctor more money and it's tiered, uh, if I want to grow, um, I'm given six. If I want to go like, and I'm just hypothetical with the numbers because I don't remember. If I want to add another 10 to 12 plants, it's like another hundred bucks. If I want to add 20 to 30 more plants, it's like 250 more bucks. If I want to go up more and more plants, it just tears. It. It's like 350, 500, a thousand bucks, depending on how many more plants you want to grow, which back in the day, that was awesome. I used to, I used to rock the shit out of those extended plant counts. Those used to be my best friends. Uh, we built dispensaries and businesses off of extended plant counts. I'd basically say, uh, we'll give you a fat discount at our dispensary. If you let us have your plant count because you could assign your plants to our dispensary. It was, it was a big, it was just paperwork that we used to jump around through and play with back in the day. So the extended plant counts used to be awesome in my opinion. Now, unfortunately, um, in Pueblo County where I do live, they don't care about an extended plant count. Counties have been allowed to make their own caps on plant limits. Um, they can cap plant counts. They can cap grow size. They can make the county can decide they can override, they can supersede any rules that your state has made uh, regarding your cannabis. So Pueblo here, uh, we're allowed to have 12 plants. Most of the counties in Pueblo are limited to 12 total. So if you're paying for that extended plant count and you're growing that extended plant count, I would do a lot of research on your location and see if your location does honor or if it bars that extended plant count. Some places are limited to six, some are limited to 12, some give you 24. If you're in one of those properly zoned areas, they don't give a shit how many plants you grow as, you're, as long as you're following uh, your card limit, which could be up to 99 in some cases. Um, once you cross that 100 plant threshold, uh, then you're in that federal zone. And once you have so many plants, I'm sure of it because you have to send in special paperwork and shit. You're in a computer system that says fucking Rasta Jeff has 12 plants. Grower down the street, it's got 99. Who do you think they're going to come looking for when some shit goes wrong? Who's on the radar first? That's just my opinion. I'm going to grow 12, mind my own fucking business, just fly by the, 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 what's it called? Fly under the radar. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. I'm high and rambly. I feel like the shit out of my nose is starting to work itself out now that I've been talking a little bit. The mic sounds better in my head. Um, so the weed card went super smooth today. Basically, um, what hurts? And I said, my wallet. And she said, yep, it's going to hurt more. Give me some money. And I said, here you go. So let's move forward. I did get a reply from a previous episode. I did an episode talking about growing seeds. And I said that if you leave the seeds in the plants too long, they can get too hard and they will not germinate properly. I do have a screenshot on my phone. The battery is almost dead. So let's see if we could pull this up super quickly here. It does say 
Seeds don't overripe. It's not a fruit. It's a seed. I've never heard of them getting too hard. Can you explain that? Uh, yeah, really quickly, nice and easily, uh, they get too hard. If you leave them in the plant for too long and you let them grow for too long, uh, that shell, that outer husk, the whole, the, the fucking shell, dude, the seed, the bean becomes too hard and they simply have a hard time germinating. You can soak them in water. You can uh, scarify them. You can rub them on a matchbox. You can do all kinds of shit to them and they don't germinate very easily. Uh, sometimes you got to put them in a seed cracker, which I really don't like to do. But if you let the uh, seeds go for too long, they do have the opportunity just simply to get too hard. That's There's not a lot of explaining to do. They get so hard they don't germinate and it's from letting them grow for too long. This is most commonly done with outdoor seeds because I'm learning to grow outdoors now. And the outdoor seeds, excuse me for the burp, I'm going to talk right over that, excuse me. The outdoor seeds seem to go from like, that's almost ready, almost ready, almost ready to fuck. I should have cut that, that down yesterday. Like that's how I feel like the outdoor seeds went. So uh, some of them did get really hard, really big, really fat. Some of them did not germinate on a couple of the plants. Those never went to anywhere. I tested those. That I'm not happy with that. So those seeds will just end up on the back burner. Uh, you never know what those will end up doing. But um, yeah, some of the seeds simply got too hard. That's the best uh, best description I can give you, bro. They got too hard. They won't germinate. And uh, those are the seeds that you got to soak in water overnight. Or you got to put them in a matchbox and shake them up to where they get the, the shell gets a little scratched, a little scarified on the outside. Or I've seen people put them in a seed cracker. So that's what I mean by the seeds getting too hard. Another thing that can happen that we've seen happen in outdoor grows, if you leave the seeds in those plants too long or leave the plants out there growing too long, the humidity and the moisture from the outside environment or just that moisture inside the buds can trigger those seeds to germinate inside of the plants. Uh, it's really an interesting sight to see. It's also terrible because I know how many seeds are being wasted, uh, but they're just sprouting right there inside of the buds. You got a bud that looks like this microphone, right? And just little germination tails coming out of it. It looks like worms climbing, little caterpillars or worms climbing out of your plant. So um, that is what happens if you leave them in there too long. That is also a sign, we're gonna keep rambling here because we're on a, a thought process here. That is also a sign to me that the seeds do not need to be wintered. A lot of people talk about when the seeds come out of plants, they need to be cold or they need to be preserved for a period of time before they can grow. Nah, bro, they're ready right now. They are ready. They would just normally fall into a cold environment with some snow or non-ideal conditions. And they'd need to wait a little while to get proper environment. Then they'd sprout up. But no, they are ready to go when they're in that plant. We've seen them sprout inside the buds and ruin the entire fucking project. So, um, yeah, the seeds can go too long. They'll get too hard. And if you leave them in there way too long, they will germinate. All right, let's keep this school bus moving. The next thing I want to talk about is flowering time. I do want to send a big shout out to my friend who reminded me to talk about this on the show. I was talking with a bro today and he's like, you know what, this, and I was like, I should say that on the show. So big shout out to my friend for reminding me to say this on the show. You know who you are. Uh, wouldn't be where I am without you, bro. So um, something I should talk about. I am a seed breeder. I do make seeds. On the back of my seed packaging, I do list a recommended flowering time. A lot of those times are generally nine to 10 weeks. What I breed generally takes nine to 10 weeks. I know that's a, a general time frame, but most of my plants will be done within that time frame. When I say nine to 10 weeks, I don't mean cut it down at the beginning of week nine. When I say nine weeks, I recommend you finish that ninth week. Don't shortchange yourself by cutting down your plants way too early. I am recommending nine to 10 weeks and I see people cutting their plants down at the beginning of week nine. You're ripping yourself off by potentially 
14, maybe 21 days of potential growth and improvement you could have gotten from that crop. Imagine how much more weight you could have gotten from 20, 14 to 21 more days of growth out of that plant. Imagine how much potency, imagine how much flavor, if that plant had that much more time to go. So hypothetically, if you're cutting it down at the start of week nine, what is that? That's uh, 50, 59 days, right? 56, 57 days. You should be cutting down at least day 63 is the end of week nine, right? That's the end. Of, yeah, 56 is eight weeks. 63 is nine weeks. Let it go. So technically, you've only gone eight weeks on day one of week nine. You've got to finish that week. What I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to get into your head is when I say nine weeks, finish the ninth week. If I say you've got to go to this class for nine weeks, you don't go to the class for eight weeks and don't go to the ninth week, then you don't graduate, you fail. That is the same way with growing ganja. You've got to finish the ninth week. Sometimes you've got to finish the 10th week. Sometimes, even though I wrote nine to 10 weeks on your package, sometimes you may need to let that bad dog go 11 weeks. There are anomalies. There are outliers. Uh, sometimes those longer flowering plants are the most potent, the most... Uh, heavy hitting, the most delicious, the most impressive plants in the grow. So when I'm saying nine to 10 weeks, I definitely mean 63 days or more. Um, and if you're running the first run with that plant, definitely go 70 days. I always recommend going longer on your first run. It's the inaugural run. We want to see the potential of that plant. How do you know that? And a lot of times plants will do special shit on the last 10 to 14 days of their flowering cycle. They'll change colors. They'll change terpenes. They'll change everything. It'll just go totally different right at the end there. That's how you know it's done. It goes into senescence and it expresses the end of the plant. Sometimes we never see that. How do you know that maybe at the end it just doubles in size? Maybe at the end it doubles in potency. Maybe at the end it puts off this crazy gassy terp you never noticed. So again, I highly recommend that you let the plants finish. When I say nine weeks, that means 63 days. Often when I say nine weeks, that means 70 days in breeder talk. I do talk in ranges and in terms. Keep in mind, there are anomalies in these plants. I said it a moment ago. You're going to get outliers. There will be phenotypical differences. Your grow room is different. Your lights, your environment, your feed, your temperature, your humidity, your VPD, your CO2, all your abuse, your love, your care. Did you cuss the plants out? Did you give them hugs? All of that stuff is going to make a difference in the flowering time of these plants. So I highly recommend once again that you let them finish. When I say nine weeks, again, that is finish week nine. When I say 10 weeks, finish week 10. Don't get too excited. Don't get overzealous. Don't get eager and ruin everything. You vegged for how many days? Probably 30, 45 days, something like that. Then you flower for seven weeks when you should have gone for nine. Don't sell yourself short. Don't cut yourself off short. Don't rip yourself off. Set yourself up for success and reach your potential by letting these plants finish. Let them finish. Everybody's happier when you let them finish. All right, where do we go from there? I've got one more question we're going to cover on this episode. Somebody asked me if it would be possible to reverse one branch of a plant and pollinate another branch of the same plant. And I said, yes, that would absolutely be possible. You can do that. Um, another thing I should mention is do not smoke reversed plants. I don't know if that needs to be said. I'm not sure if that is something that needed to be pointed out or talked about, but do not smoke the plants that have been treated with silver. Let's not do that. It's now it is technically a pollen donor plant. There are not buds on there. That's not smokable bud. You want to smoke female buds anyway. But many people have said uh, that 
that is a problem. It's dangerous to smoke weed that has been sprayed with silver. Bro, it's, you're not, don't smoke that. If you're thinking about it correctly, you're not going to smoke that. Don't do that. That's my disclaimer. Never smoke weed that has been sprayed with silver. What's the next thing? Oh, is it possible to reverse that one branch? Yes. If you've got one plant, you can grow it and create two tops on it or two branches, however you want to do it. You can isolate one branch and treat that one branch with a silver solution at the proper timing, dilution, uh, schedule, all the right shit. Treat that one branch. It will make pollen. You can let that pollen fly wherever you want. It's likely going to go in the whole room, but you can hit specific branches if you try hard enough and you can pollinate the opposite branch on that plant. I've done one plant where I topped it low, let it grow two big tall tops. I reversed one side. I kept the other side pure female. And I just let those two dance around together and it made fem seeds out of one plant. That is definitely possible. You can do that, have done it, do that, make some seeds, have some fun. All right. I think that is all the time I have got for this episode. There's some editing to be done here. Uh, I got to do some processing to make this voice sound magical. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, comb heads, and dread heads. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I had a good time recording this show. It felt good getting on the microphone and just talking for a few minutes. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you'd just like to throw me a few bucks for taking some time out of my day to make a show for you. All you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. Of course, there is a link in the show notes and in the video description. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, the email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Anything else, check out the website. There are links to seed breeders there or seed vendors there. There are links to the Discord server. There's a link to Patreon there to make it easy. Everything you need is on my website, iregenetics.com. All right, I think that's all I've got for you. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. Let's give a big shout out to my buddy Root305. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.